Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, here we go. Another week, back at it, Ticket to Gamehenge, episode number 14. Can't believe it already. Um, is it 14? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I just think it looks cool. I think you're a sucker for Valentine's Day. That's what I think. I'm not. <laughs> I would love as, as, my, as my wife is coming in right now, she can testify. Am I, Rochelle, am I a sucker for Valentine's Day? Are you a sucker? Yeah. No. See? No. <laughs> All right. 14, eh? 14. All right. We'll have to think of a reason for that. Um, a number that's on my mind right now is uh, uh, 10 30 2010. Last week, when we were wrapping up, uh, uh, you recommended for me to listen to that show. I was pretty sure that I had because I, when I was, uh, I guess, getting back on the train, back on the wagon, whatever you want to call it, I, um, what did I do? I sort of went back and I looked at groups of shows. So I, what I kind of focused on listening at in the back half of last year were three night sets and the festivals, uh, Halloween shows, all of that stuff. But it had been some time. And thinking back on it, uh, last week we were talking about teases. And I think I said something like I didn't quite hear a tease. I forget what it was specifically. I'm guessing that's why you recommended for me to listen to that show. Is that is that right? Because you didn't say last week. No, I'm you guessing. Said, I'm guessing I wanted you to listen to that show because the songs that they bust out are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. That stuff for like, like Zeppelin S was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both love Zeppelin. Um, And as I started to listen to it, I was like, Oh, I have heard this, but I forgot a lot of it. And it's funny. I was thinking back to the first time I listened to it, it probably would have been about a year ago. Um, I wasn't as well versed, I suppose, as I am now. And I remember listening going, oh, this is just something that Fish does from time to time. You know, they just, just toss in random covers and just do these things. And uh, I think I thought at the time that that kind of behavior, for lack of a better term, was a little bit more prevalent than it actually is. Um, but again, well, coming back to it. goes back to our conversation last week, right? Of like taking yeah. it for granted and just being like, oh, yeah, you know, well, this type of stuff happens all the time. But it doesn't, you know, and, and that's... And that's um, you know, I, I can imagine going going into those shows in Atlantic City. I'm sure a ton of fans had tickets for both nights. And uh, to hear all the Zeppelin teases the night before Halloween, when I'm sure that I'm sure, you know, a lot of fans would love a Halloween cover of a full Zeppelin album. Um, I can only imagine what the chatter in the community was overnight from the 30th into the 31st, anticipating what the Halloween cover was going to be. So, yeah, just great i love when that comes in and out of the songs and they um you know have those teases it's just it was just awesome it got me it's funny uh, uh it actually got me talking about fish with somebody at work last week um fish came up i don't know how and usually with me somebody said something that is a song by fish and i go oh a song has a fish called sand so fish has a song called miss we play that game, play that game now all the time yeah yeah for me you know it's uh it's it's a great conversation starter and one of my managers that I work with said, like, what is it, Adam? Like, you talk about it all the time. Like, like help me understand is essentially what they said. And we started talking about it. And I said, and I kind of would paraphrase it like this. I said, you know, fish fans are kind of like, if you're a fan of a TV show like Friends, fish fans go back and listen to shows in the same way that a fan of a TV show might go back and listen to episodes, you know. Um, and I started talking. And I said, okay, one song, for example, Tweezer. 
And they go, Tweezer? They have a song called Tweezer? And I go, yeah, it's fucking awesome. You should listen to it, you know? I said, so think about Tweezer. Um, there is Tweezer Fest, right, from 5794. There's the Tahoe Tweezer. There's the, Na there's the Nassau Tweezer. There's, um, you know, some more recent famous tweezers, 1230, 20, you know, 2019. That fans, we've talked about this, we get to go back and obsess over these differences and the nuances and all these different things that they bring in. And I was just in the middle of listening to 1030, 2010, Zepfest. And I was talking about that and they were, they were, it seemed really like, like, wow, I can't believe that they're capable of doing that kind of thing. And that like fans would go and obsess over it. And we just kind of got talking about that and comparing it to the Grateful Dead. And I think I piqued some curiosity in this manager. And it's one that I've identified that I think could be a potential fish fan. So I'm going to follow up. I think she may have gone back and listened to some songs, but it was just an interesting conversation. I just started talking about all the things that they've done that I would consider to be unique. And the eyebrows just kept getting raised more and more and more. And, uh, and then it's ended up with, why have I never heard of these guys? It's like the best. I love that, you know? So, um, yeah, I've been talking a lot about fish with people over the last so big because there's been a lot of standing say, around. It's almost like you're disqualifying them for being a music fan, right? Like, if you don't like live music, then you would not find that stuff interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's probably true. Um, you know, because, yeah, it's... it's uh, you get to hear the differences, the differences in the energy, maybe the tempo, the, the solos, the arrangements. And I guess at first you don't really pick up on that stuff. But after listening to 40, 50, 60, 70 tweezers, you really start to. Um, and my favorite thing about tweezers this is going to sound weird, is knowing that the reprise is coming at the end of the set or the end of the show. I just fucking love that. When they, when they come back and, I don't know, man, when Mike slaps that bass note, whatever it is, and it just... Oh man, it just gives me chills every single time. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of conversation around that. Thanks for that recommendation. I had listened to it before, but now it's but now it's fresh in my memory. Uh, in my personal listening, I'm I'm in uh, November still of 2009, and it was actually interesting just to skip ahead a year to October of 2010, uh, and I could I hear the differences in the band already. Like within a year of their 3.0 comeback, um, just jam sounded a little bit tighter. Uh, the band seemed to be a little bit, a little bit more in sync. Um, so that's been, that was sort of interesting to deviate from 2009 and come back. Um, I'm missing Carini. I will say they've only up to this point played Carini once in 2009, that one time that I referenced it. And, and I missed that song. Yeah. When was the debut of that song? Carini? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it started around 97. Uh, pretty sure it's 97 and towards the end of 97 there was like i kind of like a show that's called the karini show i forget it we'll have to i'll mark that as a follow-up for next week but i remember going back when i was listening to all the 1.0 shows on the app um and karini's like birth you can kind of hear it coming and it's different than it is now but it really kind of gets played out at the end of 97 and then gets solidified as a solid song right at the end of 97 but i will take that away and do a little bit of research on my favorite song Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds like you're in a committed relationship now. You just have your favorite song. It's like the L word. Just use wow. the, the L word with her. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? It's just really going by um, the reaction that I get every time I hear it. It, it, it really, that's the only thing I'm going by. It's just a gut. And it, it, it's the one that I want to hear more than any other song. Every, at the end of every tune, I'm like, oh, please, is it coming? Is it coming? And it doesn't. But then it makes it that much greater when it does come. 
you know, I'm going to, I just have to start recording myself every time I'm listening so I can record a genuine reaction when I, when I actually hear it. It's gonna be I awesome. think what would be cooler, Adam, is for you to actually hear it when you go, when you, when we go on oh, to next time. 100%, 100%. I just, uh, I don't want to uh, commit to that until I kind of know that that's a possibility. Um, it's, it's happening. I just don't know when, but it'll be that much sweeter when it does happen for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, another thing going on right now, I guess uh, without tour happening, I know we got Beacon Gyms that we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, there's a lot of anniversaries happening right now with Fish, right? So today is uh, a 23 ones. years. The next day, in the last two days, two big ones. Yeah, so today is 23 years since Slip, Stitch, and Pass, and uh, 22 years since the release of Story of the Ghost, um, which I think is your favorite studio album, is it not? 100%, without a doubt. Yeah. Tell me about that. Why is it? It was one of the first studio albums that you got and really like listened to it over and over and over again. Is that. Yeah. So it's interesting that it's, it's these two albums are one year apart. Slip Stitch and Pass was like the album that, that got me into fish. Right. It mm-hmm. was, uh, mm-hmm. was at my next door neighbor's house who, you know, my parents begrudgingly let me go to his parties. You know, it was like, I had to, dude, it was crazy. I was like, what was I? I was in his 96 or 97 so I was like 15 or 16 and I had to be home at like 11 o'clock and I live next door well I was thinking about that not that it's going to be about your parents and like knock on the door but I was thinking about that so for so for the listeners that we have Dr. K and I I was thinking about this the other day you and I have known each other I'm 40 you're 40 gonna be 41 uh we we've known each other probably like known each other as friends or acquaintances since probably I was 10 or 11. Long time, man. Right? Like we've been, we've been friends for 30 years. And I remember um, your mom uh, being one of the uh, mom volunteers that was at school all the time. Yep. And I also remember when we got into high school, we were on the basketball team and we had our first traveling tournament. Remember when we went to Guelph, your parents were the only ones that came and you, and you had to stay in the hotel room with them. And I remember going, oh, wow, you know, and it was, it was me, you, Aaron and Jack Chang. Oh yeah. Right. And we were playing right. Spider too. Right. But your parents were in the hotel in another room. You didn't have to stay with them. You stayed with us, but they no, 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 that's not true. They, uh, oh. they stayed at family friends that lived in, that lived in Hamilton. They went to go visit family friends, but they drove us. They drove us. Got it. Got it. But I, yeah. yeah, but I remember your parents being a lot more strict than the rest of our parents in terms of curfew, being home on time, what you weren't, weren't allowed to do. And yeah, I remember that being a distinct difference in our circle of friends, but um, probably not a bad thing looking back in hindsight, right? I think Dude, my, mom, my, mom's stra- my mom's strategy was to always be around and to just keep score. You know, she knew who were the good kids. She knew who the bad kids were. Thankfully, there weren't yep. any bad kids. They were just kids that did things sure that there were. That we hung out with? Oh, not that we hung out with, but around us in our school. Anyways, if there's one person left listening to this that cares about like our past lives, slip, stitch, and pass. So, anyways, I was at my neighbor's house and we were listening to, I remember, we were listening to The Dead Set, the show from 1981, and Fire on the Mountain was on. This is, by the way, in the book, right? This is a good time. So, I wrote this down. This is our Get Your Friends in the Fish book. So, download it if you really want to hear the story in details. It was me and Jeff, and Fire on the Mountain was on, and Jerry Garcia just passed away like the year before whatever i'm like man i really miss jerry he's like oh hey you should check out this band called fish and then he's like oh yeah they got this song called cities and he did the worst impression i've ever heard it was like 
I'm like, in my mind, I still remember feeling this way. I'm like, that sounds fucking terrible. But thanks for your recommendation. Right? Anyway, time goes on. I'm like, I'm probably never going to listen to this band. They probably suck. I'm at the mall with my buddy Drew. And I'm like, shit, I got like 10 bucks to spend. Uh, I'm going to buy a CD. And I'm like going through the things. I think, I honestly think I was looking for Primus to see if they, they had anything new. Because this is back before the internet, you know, like you had to actually like release an album and create a marketing campaign around an album and the whole bit. Sure. Then, I see, then I see Fish because I'm close to Primus. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the band that, that Jeff was telling me to, to check out. And it was uh, Slipstitch and Pass that ended. I had to borrow money from Drew to, to pay for it. But uh, it was Slipstitch and Pass was the first album. And I remember like getting it home and listening. And then the Christmas of that year was, uh, oh buddy, it was, it was the, it was the, the life changer man it was a live one that my parents got me and story of the ghost and they were both just like forget about it yeah it, <laughs> yeah forget about it yeah incredible um i know i use that term a lot but i i, I don't know what better to think of um yeah so slip stitch and pass uh so it opens with cities your 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 favorite fish song at the time evidently uh wolfman's brother jesus just left chicago way mike's song long boy Wikipog, of course, because Mike's song, Hello My Baby, uh, which probably, if you're not 16, 17-year-old guy, and you're listening to that album, what was your reaction when you heard the acapella Hello My Baby on Slip, Stitch, and Pass? Do you remember? Dude, my reaction in the car, in Drew's car, to I want to cut your head off so I can weigh it. I was like, okay, Jack, I've... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those songs. Yeah, it's like when somebody walks into the room and that song is playing, it's tough to defend it unless, yeah, you really know. And then they ended with Taste. Uh, really, really short, obviously taken from different shows and not a full show, but a good a good taste of live fish, for sure. If I'm not mistaken, and then, it's, the, it's the Europe tour, right? Mm -hmm. In 97, that's that album? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, it the is. Guy that did the, and the guy that did the Pink Floyd covers did the cover for the album with the ball. The artist, yeah, I forget the name of that, but yeah, really, really cool, really cool album cover. Um, yeah, great album. And then Story of a Ghost, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and obviously I, I know the songs that are on there, and I'm looking at them, and I'm just thinking, like, I would take any one of these songs at a show. Anyone. If there's staples, like Story of like Ghost is on there, Mama Dance is on there. Those are, like, staples that will be forever, like, fish songs. But there's, like, underrated gems, man. Rogue's underrated. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Brian and Roberts, Frankie says, mm -hmm. right? And then yeah. like Ayuti and... Meat. Yeah, meat. Right? Yeah. Feather, Waiting, The Velvet Sea, you know, which I don't understand why everyone flags on. It's an amazing song. Yep. Yep. Incredible album. Yeah. 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 Really good. Last night, actually, during the girls' bath time, uh, I was, I, I had uh, October 31st, 2010. I just started it and... Uh, it opens with Frankenstein and they're just kind of learning about Halloween. So they're having a tough time understanding that the song was called Frankenstein. Uh, and then the second song on uh, that show is Big Black Furry Creature from Mars. And then the third song is Ghost. Just great, right? The fact that, you know, their catalog is such that they can have Halloween themed type titled songs, even though nothing to do with Halloween. Favorite, um, uh, sorry to interrupt. My favorite is always when you get like the three minute album song, like story of a ghost and then like live yeah. it's one of like the most epic jams. Yeah. yeah. Birds of a feather, four minutes, 14 seconds on the album. You're right. You go into YouTube and search birds of a feather. You're probably not going to find anything under 15 minutes. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah, it's the best. As we know. Um, 
let's switch up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Beacon Jams. I mean, I was just kind of reminded when we talked about Brian, Brian and Robert. Uh, night three was uh, this past past Friday. Uh, night four coming up in a few days. Uh, you weren't able to watch it again, right? You you got family and kids and stuff going on. You've listened to the show, yep. uh, I assume. Yeah. I listen, so I was. A- I listened piecemeal after. It's tough because just the way that it ends up working out. I still mm-hmm. prefer listening to fish shows like in its entirety. So yeah. I put it on just to listen to it, right? Just to say that I, I heard it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that being a completely different experience. I was fortunate enough to uh, turn it on within about maybe two, three minutes of it starting. I was so, I was, they had made the announcement earlier in the day that there was going to be uh, a, a something, an announcement from the barn um at 7 50 and that's right around the time that i'm tied up with my girls putting them to, to bed and I'm looking at the clock looking at the clock and i don't go to sleep go to sleep yeah totally and you know we didn't we didn't know what the announcement's going to be and i was looking at people the commenting and uh, guessing on what it's going to be and, um it was great it was a nice little uh, uh evening song with uh, trey trey and page on the top deck at the barn and what was really really cool was they recreated the photo from colorado 88 when they're carrying oh, this is really really neat just that just those little nuances that they put out there knowing that the fans are going to see it and you know that's just great um nice little tease there uh but then yeah the show got going and um i think with each passing week i mean i'm anticipating maybe expecting something different and that's definitely happening but it seems to be that at least as of now the same core group of players um uh, you know have been there all three weeks the rescue squad joined again which which again sounded awesome uh completely what's the use of the best song yeah i uh that was definitely my highlight from it um uh, and no, and no repeats yet, right? It's still, it's still looking like. I mean, you know, the community is believing, they're thinking that we're going to go eight, eight weeks without a repeat, um, which, which makes me. If that's the case, we don't know yet. It, it really makes me curious about how deep they're going to get into the catalog and uh, what types of songs are going to bust out that maybe you'd never expect Tab, Tab, to do. Um, now let's talk a little bit about what's the use. I, I think it was the highlight. Um, um, great, great song. I mean, and how often do you see something from the Sicket disc even even really put out there, right? It's not it's not a common. Um, I even had to go like, which one is this on? I had to do a little bit of searching because because I bought I bought the Sicket disc when it came out. You heard it live enough to know that it's from there. Yeah, but I I forgot what album it was. And, you know, I, I um you know there's the odd song that isn't really on an album that's just a fish song that what's they play. The what's the use when they play it every time? I'm like, fuck yes, I love this song. It's so spacey and yeah. melodic. And Paige when they play it live does that like the strings. That it's so cool, man. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and I would you know I would echo too that watching it along with listening to it was was just great. You know, the, the, you know, the, the atmosphere in the theater, uh, uh, like the lighting, you could see just the way the guys in the band and the people in the rescue squad were communicating. It was just beautiful. Um, I, didn't have I, any, I didn't have any like awesome takeaways this time. I'm always just impressed at their ability to get better and better, tighter mm-hmm. and tighter, you know, yep. and, and Trey's absolute uh, reverence for like the moment and rearranging his own music in whatever fashion possible to get the yeah. most of it's just crazy to me the level of depth and respect he has for the actual music and yeah. how you know he's willing to he creates it's interesting I, I i'm i'm struggling for the words he doesn't necessarily care for 
the virtuosity of the players. He wants the music to sound well while leveraging the talent of each individual musician the best. I completely agree. It's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about, again, I'm going to come back to Sustain and his style of playing, especially in um, a lot of the uh, 1.0 songs, stuff from the late 80s. And there's clearly the opportunity, and he clearly has the skill in a lot of those songs to shred it, to do all kinds of stuff. But it's more so about the notes. And one of my favorite things that Fish does and that Trey does that you pointed out to me probably a year and a half ago is when he just holds down a note and he lets the other three just play underneath it. When that, when that, like, like that's for me, that's a peak moment in uh, the jams when that, when that happens. It's, it's this feeling of just like almost euphoria. I love when he does that. And, uh, you know, obviously when you hear, you know, think about songs like Divided Sky, uh, Yem, um, um, even Lizards, which I'm going to talk about in a second because I have a thought on Lizards from Beacon Jams. Yeah, I just, I think it transcends the song. Um, and in a way, those songs at times, I don't know about you, but when I hear a lot of those melodies, they feel like video game music to a certain degree. When I hear... Um, yeah. What's that? Explain. So there's a part in Divided Sky uh, when um, uh, the guitar solo was happening, like like not a jam solo, but you know all the sustain is happening, and I feel like I just beat Contra, and the credits are rolling. Like that's almost the image that I get. That and, and maybe the time that that song was written, they might have been playing video games, Japanese um, composers and that style of music i wonder if that influence if there's any video game influence from the 80s video games that has played into trey's songwriting because if you listen to a lot of those songs and think about the 80s nintendo video games which i was lucky enough to have a nintendo in 1988 and it being like the best christmas morning that we'd ever had like there's probably there's not a video but there would be of the three of us freaking out over getting a nintendo and when i hear a lot of those melodies from those songs i kind of think back to that style of music See, so for me, what I got from it and my initial assumption, uh, I actually went the other way. I'm like, well, you're feeling that because it's invoking the same emotion that beating Contra or playing Nintendo did. So it sounds mm -hmm. similar to you. Yeah, probably right. You're probably because right about that. This is massive relief. And, you know, like, let's not pretend like the part in Divided Sky when like the guitar is like, you know, just screaming isn't awesome. And it doesn't feel amazing because it does feel amazing, which also, you know, there's that feeling of like, you just accomplish something by listening to it. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm sure you could speak to this better. There are, there, there are clearly chords and notes and keys that have a more happy sound and have a more, you know, you, you combine those notes to create a joyous type of sound. Right. And I think that's in a lot of those, in a lot of those songs. Um, uh, so listeners, I wanted to talk about briefly, because I, I would say that in addition to what's the use, that was also one of my highlights yeah. and they started playing it. And I, I texted you this, I sounds weird to say, but I, I gotta believe that other fans would echo this sentiment, although it sounded great and it was awesome. It in a weird way. It felt like Trey was cheating on the other three by playing such an iconic 1.0 early days game henge song with tab. And again, it sounded awesome. I love why, what they did why, with it. I, why was it Lizards? Why was it I, Lizards? Well, I kind of felt it with Divided Sky too, but it felt different in that it was just Trey and Jeff. I don't know why. Again, I can't justify my feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it over the next coming weeks, articulate it better. 
but I was just watching it going, yeah, this is, this is good. But I, it almost felt to me like it was a bit of an untouchable song. But I'm also strangely curious to see uh, other songs like that uh, in the coming weeks, assuming that we're, we're going to go deeper into the catalog. And, uh, I'd like get... we have had tons of songs like that already. We've had Stag. I know. You've had Divided Sky. We've had like Fish Staples, man. How are we going to feel if they play Yen? Probably the, like, same you, probably the same way that you feel right now. Yeah, I'm curious. And uh, I'm excited. And yeah, I, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I just got this feeling. And I said, hey, I want to talk about this. I'm going to make a note of it. And I wonder if other people feel the same way. I'm sure there's a lot of things. I feel the same way, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think of it like he's, he's cheating. For me, it's just like, I really want to hear the rest of the boys on this. Because I have like, yeah here's it in my mind what's capable right mm -hmm. like like you hear divided sky and you're like oh shit it's it's one of the, it's the same feeling i get when like the 3.0 version nice drew it's the same uh it's the same feeling i get when like a 3.0 version of a song doesn't produce the same like emotional high as like a 1.0 version Right. right. Like, oh i don't love trey's tone as much on this song anymore or the sustain's not the same I don't know, man. I think it's like, what's, there's a term for that when it's like reverse, uh, say hi to Drew, when it's like reverse like nostalgia, you know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. So uh, yeah, it was just a strange feeling that had come over me. And I, again, I can't explain it. I was just, I was just watching it going, hmm. and, and it probably is coming back to missing the four of them play those, play those songs. Um, I just think it's so distinctively unique from the early days of the band. And when I kind of think about that era, it just, for me, it just seems really special. You know, um, it's yeah. all special, but, but, but I think when I think about the songs that were written at that time, it's just, it's mind blowing. Here's the thing, mind -blowing. right? With stuff like that. Here's the part that's super interesting about that is like in two years, part of the conversation will be, oh, remember how awesome the divided sky was when it was like just the, right. We yeah. forget that over time, True. Like, these, these things get melded into the, into our memories um 100 so uh our buddy so for the audience our buddy our buddy drew just called me uh and i texted him that i was talking with you on the podcast right now and he's just sent me a gif of uh trey and i think they're on sn or they're on S they're letterman or something but he sent me a little video of fish playing i can't believe he even knew how to spell the name of the band <laughs> good for him um yeah, so again, really, really excited for uh, this Friday night. I should be able to watch it. Um, and really excited for Saturday night, Halloween. Holy snap and crap. Uh, we, all, we all anticipated that, uh, <laughs> that we would get some Halloween dinner in a movie. Um, I, I think somebody from Fish Management was uh, paying attention to my Reddit post. They might have been one of the 40 people. Um, about the top three, we're going to get three Halloween sets. I think I have the order right. We're going to get 2014, the, the chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house, yeah. right? Then we're, then, we're, then we're going back to 96, Remain in Light, which wasn't in my top three and now is for sure. I've since gone back and listened to uh, Talking Heads even more since we were chatting last. Yes, and then you, thirdly... Before you finish your thought, I'm, I'm just going to go out and say that... I was going to text you this too. David Burns solo on uh, Born With Punches... Mm. is fucking awesome man awesome it's so weird and so unique and it just sounds mm. incredible Anyways. yeah 
a complete unique style, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, um, yeah. So chilling, thrilling sounds. Uh, remain in light, Caswat. and then we're coming back up to twenty eighteen for uh, I Rock Casbot Boxed. Um, and although I've heard those, I I haven't seen them all. I've only really seen a couple of videos. Uh, Turtle in the Clouds, and again coming back to Beacon Jams, I oh. love that little short acoustic oh. version. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, completely different feeling and vibe in the song. So awesome. that sounded great. So so good. I was. Uh, it I don't. I don't go in cold for for these ones. Like I read the set list. Okay. And yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Turn on the clouds. I wonder. You know, you picture like, okay, well, who's gonna play the keys? What's it gonna sound like? Like, are they gonna do a dance? And you hear them do it acoustic. You're like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, and I saw it live. You know, you kind of see the theater go dark and everybody kind of exits. And I thought, oh, are they going to bring in the rescue squad again? And that's essentially what they did. He did a solo acoustic and then they came right in after that. Um, But yeah, really, really enjoy, you know, shows. Super excited for dinner and a movie. I'm sure we'll have some comments to talk about next week. Um, Yeah, some some, some really, really good stuff coming up. Considering that uh, the band is essentially on hiatus, there's no shortage of things going on in in the uh, community to discuss and talk about, which is which is great. Their, Trey is finding a way to continuously engage with the fans, which, which, which is amazing. We talked about that. There's not a lot of artists that at least I see that are, that are doing it on that level. Not even close. Well, that's, you know, that's coming back to kind of the whole purpose of this whole thing. That's how you create a community and lifetime fans, you know, like people are, you know, everyone wants to be fish and I guarantee you everybody wants to be fish, right? Every band, wants to have a legion of, of fans and podcasts recorded on them and whatever else people on fan art and the whole thing. Nobody wants to work their ass off like fish, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, really good week. Um, I'm not sure if I really have anything else. I just really excited about Halloween, the next peak and jams. That'll be, it'll be halfway over already. That'll be four of the eight done as of this Friday. I, I kind of wanted to talk about this first because it's kind of, like I said, the purpose of the podcast. I think it's really important. And I know that he's not doing it on purpose. He's just a genuinely good and kind human being. But like, it's really, you know, it it's beneficial to get people into the band if you show them what type of a good person Trey Anastasia is and like how much he cares. Like, I never get tired of him reading the comments you know, yeah. hey, can I have that sweater? Yes. Where do you live? I'm coming over. And I don't doubt that if he had the opportunity, he probably would have showed up and give the, given the dude a sweater. 100%. Yeah. Uh, he's, there's, there is absolutely nothing that I've seen or heard that's fake and phony about that guy. You want to talk about somebody that's genuine down to his core and open and honest. And we're seeing, and we're seeing more of that. You know, he's opening up about not in detail, but about what this project is all about, like the Divided Sky Fund, and that they're trying to raise money for a rehab center because of how much it changed his life. Uh, you know, he he talked in episode or not episode two, but Beacon Jams too about how, um, in many ways, he thought 2006 was going to be the worst year of his life, and it turned out being the best because of what happened and the and the path that it put him on, and the genuine amount of appreciation and joy that we're seeing is just is. I find it infectious, to be honest with you. I can't help but smile and laugh along and be envious of, you know, I feel great about my life. Don't get me wrong, but you can, you can see it, right? That guy is having nothing but a blast being up there and doing that and being in the position that he's in to do it. He's earned it 100%, as you just said, work here's, his ass off. Here's the crazy part. I'm going to get on my soapbox for this. He always felt that way about the music. Yeah. 
that's why he is where he is, right? People, we have it backwards here, man. To us, it's we're raised with this idea of when this happens, then I'll feel this way. And right. the reverse, right? It's I feel this way. I'm going to be the best figure skater. I believe that I'm the best, even though you're not. And then eventually over time, because you start acting like the best would act, you become the best. Right. You need to ask yourself, what would Brian Boitano do? What would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> what would Brian Boitano do if he was here today? You What's know that song. Fuck right? your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. Was that one? <laughs> that a park movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your fucking face. That's up. what it is. I, you know what? It's funny you bring that up. I, I don't think I, I had never seen anything like that in a movie. I was seventeen when that came out. Oh, dude, I, I laughed my ass off. Oh God! I uh, wow, early, early South Park. I can't believe that's come out. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it, it, you'd be you'd be hard pressed not to. So again, like if people are trying to like get their get people into this band, I think especially at like how twisted and messed up the world is. I think just having a Trey Anastasia that's looking for the best and positive is super attractive right now, just as a human being. Like I'm looking yeah. at my wife's journey into liking fish. Like part of the, the whole start was, you know, we watched um, uh, Between Me and My Mind and she was like, I just love him. Like I just love him. Yeah, yeah. And you know, your story, but when you met him uh, at the airport in San Diego, how how nice and genuine he was. He didn't, he didn't blow you off. He didn't pull the rock star move. He was obviously busy, if I remember correctly, but he got a minute with him, gave him a genuine thank you. And he seemed genuinely like flattered. And, oh, and like, I was like important to him. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's great. Um, definitely. He's doing it well, man. What else can you say? You know, and it's obviously the other three guys in the band aren't as vocal, but I get the feeling that you get a very similar vibe from all three of them or all four of them. You know, they're they're just doing them, right? Yeah. Like they're just doing them. Like I again, you know, go let's talk about Mike Gordon and let's talk about the fact that I still listen to noon multiple times a week. Yeah. It's yeah. the best album, man. I love it. Great. Yeah. I you know what? I, I gotta listen to it more, evidently. I gotta get there. I, I just it's not one that I haven't I just haven't put it on. We don't yeah. have anything. Every time they play something chill and, and I get two seconds, my kids aren't putting on Stephen Scherer or, or, uh, yeah. or the parody of This Is How We Do called This Is How We Poo and laughing their <laughs> off hysterically. Oh, my God. Dude, we're raising a pack of wolves, man. That's all I got to say. This morning, ready? Comedy time. This is how I left the house. They were, like, at each other, like, choking each other out. And I'm like, okay, see you later. Michelle. Like, Enjoy your quiet time. I'm like, outside I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna enjoy my quiet time. Yeah, I have that fortunate ability too that I get to leave. Um, I love them, but uh, yeah, my wife has to deal with a lot of the calamity. That's for sure, craziness. But most rewarding thing we're doing for sure, no doubt. All right, man. Anything else from you? I'm good, man. Okay. Thank you to everybody who's listening. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Um, tell your grandparents. I don't care. Tell your mailman. We want people to listen. We want to spread the love of fish. Uh, tell your dog. I don't care. We got songs for that dog. You know, we got uh, Stray Dog. I'm a Stray got, Dog. Yeah, yeah. We've got McGruff, right? There's um, Runaway Jim. Runaway Jim. Yeah, we got dog songs. Anyway, silly. Uh, but thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Looking forward to Halloween. We'll definitely be talking about that next week. Have a great week, everybody. All the best. Thank you. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. 
In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.